This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, LSPod fans. It's JR here. Burt's Babes, Hoddle's Heroes, even Decanio's Dozens. We've had some iconic lineups in our history at Swindon, just like the legendary menu at McDonald's. Parkin' or Austin? Sweet curry or barbecue? Why not get a McNugget share box to enjoy the debates with your mates? And thanks to book delivery, every drop-off can be a home win. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points too. No one wants to drop points at home, and with tasty rewards to earn, you won't be missing out. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com the talksport fan network is proudly teaming up with free for mental health awareness week this year we understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing but rest assured you're not alone there's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges honesty is key in any relationship if your friend asks you how you are feeling tell them honestly if you're going through a difficult time let them know Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Rodgers is streaking ahead and he's onside. Beautiful play! That is that! What a shot! season is now fully operational we've played swindon supermarine so to celebrate this two guests on ls pod firstly he was there it's dan hello dan evening rich hello happy summer everyone happy new season pre-season whatever you want to call it it's good to have some football back dan you're a man of the summer the cricket Surely this is too soon for you to be gallivanting to football grounds to be entertained. This has got to be um, an inconvenience of anything. Football season starts in September. Come on, everything else is cricket. <laughs> well, you're right. We are in the thick of an Ashes series and my club side, Swindon United Churches, are top of Wiltshire League Division 2. We're um, more of a Luton Town story than... Uh, genuine league winners but uh yeah no so long as the the pre-season stuff is midweek i'm happy okay um, so you know if 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 we could have some august friday night games i'd be all over it but yeah my season starts proper in september as you've said <laughs> and, and in to watch your cricket side do i have to go through through people's gardens uh sadly not you just mm. drive up a lovely little lane in the village of Sevenhampton. Uh, burial place of James Bond creator Ian Fleming. If anyone would like to go and visit his grave at Sevenhampton Church, um, it's also got a post box. 
but that's about it for the village. I'd be worried if I put flowers down and eject a thing might happen oh, actually, and hey, hurt hey, myself. Yeah. I've done it a disservice. There is Rove's Farm as well, which oh, is course, very popular. Of course, of Swindon course, of course. Yeah. Lovely. Okay, then we'll move on to guest number two. Uh, if he was at the game last night, it took some dedication. Uh, he doesn't use Zoom, so hopefully he knows his mute is on at the moment. It's the boy in the bitter land. It's Connor. Hello, Connor. Hi, Rich. Uh, yeah, no, it's uh, interesting trying to set up a Zoom account in 2023 today. So that was fun. I'm just here for a chat because, yeah, I didn't watch the game yesterday. wasn't there. Didn't fancy doing the uh, 36 hours of travel or something that that might have entailed if I'd have uh, decided to do that. And, uh, you know, maybe I was proven wrong. It sounded like a lovely evening. So, um, yeah, I, I've learned my lesson. I'm flying in for Milksham. Quite right, and I'll see you there as long as the trains don't let me down. I, I love this idea that I struggle to get a train from Bristol, but you'll you'll get there from from Germany. Uh, it's probably <laughs> happened before, and it will happen again. Okay, then. So Swindon Supermarine nil, Swindon Town two. Very much a vibe check. We're not we're not going to worry too much about this. But Dan will be driving this part of the pod let's go with the starting lineup which was Mahoney making his first appearance for Swindon at the back was Lavinia Blake Tracy and trialist who is believed to be Jordan Moore Taylor then uh, Hutton Jackson Brown and Shades Jake Kane and Josh McEachran and then Adeloy and Wakeling up Run. So in terms of formation style, what were the big takes from this, Dan? So um, from my vantage point, quite low down on the side of the pitch, um, my son and I managed to grab a couple of seats. Uh, it looked like a 3-5-2, which I think is Flynn's preferred formation based on what we know of him at Newport and Warsaw. Probably the more interesting bits, um, Lavinia playing as a right centre-half. And in the first half that they played, uh, Lavinia and Hutton did some nice work up the right flank. Um, on the opposite side, you had uh, Blake Tracy at left centre-half um, getting quite involved in the forward play. Um, he's very good at those marauding forward runs, as we know. Um, the man believed to be Jordan Moore-Taylor. Um, first impressions of him... Comfortable on the ball, smaller than I thought. Um, About five foot ten, isn't he? Yeah, he yeah he he looks like a ball player more than a like a monster of a defender. But we know that. Well, in in years previous, someone that have generally looked to play. Um, so I think more Taylor will will fit in if that's how we go on under uh, Flynn. Um, yeah, young Jackson Brown, the youth team scholar. I think Swindon really like him. Um, when I've seen him in the past in youth team football, he's generally been right back or right centre half. So to see him playing kind of holding midfield was a bit of a surprise. Game did pass him by a little bit, but it's to be expected. You know, you've got a 17, 18 year old in there in the midst of his first proper pre season because I gather he's been training with the first team so you know back to last year's uh favorite word fatigued um you know <laughs> head it wasn't schedule. it wasn't yeah definitely ahead of schedule it wasn't a high tempo classic 
Um, into midfield, probably the most interesting bit was Kane seemed to be playing more advanced than McEachern, which is different to how Morris used the two of them last year. Um, on the left flank, Shade, which is um, sort of... I, I've never liked him at wing-back for Swindon, albeit it was fairly limited exposure at the start of the Lindsay reign. I know Flynn used Shade at left wing-back during his tenure at Warsaw. Um, yeah, I mean... No great shakes, really. And up front, who do we have? We had Adeloyer, didn't we? And Wakeling. I think the kindest thing I can say for Adeloyer, because he did have some flashes, is perhaps, you know, he might might be finding his level. Um, you can <laughs> say I'm harsh, but he uh, he did miss a very good opportunity in the first half. Uh, mm-hmm. And Wakeling didn't really affect the game either, to be honest. Um in, right in front of me, sort of thirty minutes in, he was holding uh, the sole of his uh, of his foot. He looked in a bit of pain, and then I saw an image a bit later on 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 social media of him with a bit of ice behind his knee. So I think he's had a few bumps through the night. We should probably talk about the the absentees from the squad as well, Rich. I think yeah, Divine, bonus. Darcy, and Minton. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Divine wasn't Ooh. fit for this. <laughs> well. It, it did break up a little bit. Uh, I, yeah, so I, I gather some sarcasm there about <laughs> Divine being potentially fit for this fixture. <laughs> yeah, um, we're going to come on to Flynn's post-match comments afterwards, but I gather um, Minter and Divine and Darcy, it's all precautionary. They'd had a, a few little knocks. But um, yeah, they were the three major absentees on the night. And then, yeah, I think we named 16 subs, which is... Um, yeah, mob-handed. They couldn't fit in the dugout. There was uh, lines of Swindon Town substitutes sat along the side of the pitch. And from about half hour onwards in the first half, the second half team started their warm-up on the side of the pitch. So, um, yeah, certainly an air of professionalism in that regard from the, the new Flynn and Hatswell ring. But, yeah, pretty low-tempo evening. The sun was out. I think there's 1,500 there. Certainly felt busy. Um, so, hopefully, Supermarine took lots of money and that helps set them up for a season. I thought I thought the Webswood was looking in good nick. Actually, I think they've they've done some good um, home ground care over the summer. There was a German Pilsner bar. I don't know if that's going to be a permanent feature, um, but I grabbed a couple of lovely German Pilsners, five point one percent, very tasty. One for you and one for um, the boy. Yeah, well, you can't just drink lemonade his whole life. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it was a thoroughly relaxed and enjoyable evening hopefully touch wood the wakeling injury is not too serious and um we have ticked off our gentle start to pre-season there we go uh, connor a lot um there from dan so I, I figure it's time to bring you in the few names from that that first lineup that probably of most interest is is as mentioned jordan moore taylor and in terms of, you know, I've given him a massive disservice. He's not five foot ten; he's five foot eleven. Um, but in terms of his experience, uh, he started out with his hometown club, Exeter City, over one hundred and fifty league games for them. Went to Milton Keynes Dons, probably following Paul Tisdale, 
was there for a couple of seasons before going to Forest Green Rovers, where he where he helped them win League Two back in twenty twenty one. Yeah, twenty 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 one. So in terms of lower league pedigree and getting out of the division, it's it's quite a sound uh, possible signing for for the club. Yeah, I think it's sensible in terms of there's a mixture of experience there and then hopefully the hope that he still has a lot left to give in his career as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's the sort of thing where you just look at it on paper and you think, I can't really poke too many holes in that. I don't have any negative takes to give. I also, I mean, I don't know loads about him as a player. Obviously, we've seen him a few times against Swindon and uh, I think he's looked fine in those games sort of generally, but um, I don't, I, I can't tell you loads about him. Um but yeah, it seems like the right kind of tree to be barking up in terms of signings. And I think just on a wider point, I think it's quite nice that we're at the stage in a pre-season that we are. At the moment, we've not made a permanent signing yet. But the squad that we've got, while there's still sort of holes in that to be filled and some lack of quality in some positions, it is a lot closer to a full squad than what we've had the last few years in pre-season. We're not... I'm not sort of desperately thinking like we need five in the building immediately. Otherwise, pre-season's going to be wasted. So, um, like hearing you sort of talk through the team that played um, and and seeing the team that was put out yesterday night when, when it was uh, when the friendly was actually happening, I was kind of like mildly reassured that okay, well we haven't done much business yet. We've brought in a goalkeeper on loan, but you know there's actually less to do than maybe we'd think, and maybe it's just the fact that it's been so crazy the last few summers and there's been so much work to do um, in terms of recovering the squad that um, yeah for some reason in the back of my head for a few the last few weeks I've been like panic stations we need to bring some players in but um, maybe we can afford to take our time and uh, wait for the right players to come up and hopefully that's someone like um, our mate who's on trial so <laughs> <laughs> yes Jordan Moore-Taylor who um, frustrated our very own venerable Abbott Dave, because I think he already had the chant ready for him, had his name been uh, Jordan Taylor Moore, think Buddy Holly <laughs> by Weezer on that front, um, and a little reference to Taylor Curran as well. Um, never mind, it wasn't to be. The the other person that we, we've mentioned in previous summer episodes, but fleeting, but it has since been confirmed, is the... The fact that Tom Brewitt, Dan, has has signed uh, for next season, you know, mm-hmm. it, it seemed to take a while for them to confirm it. But given that, you know, I wasn't a huge fan of his um, <laughs> at the tail end of last season, but he's here, he's willing. So um, hopefully he he has a good season, but he, he started pre-season with a goal, which is which is nice. Yeah, and unfortunately for me, um, I was exiting the ground when I heard the cheer go up for Tom Brewitt's goal. So I can't describe the action for you on that one. But uh, on Brewitt, I gather it's a one-year deal. So there's kind of little risk for for either party, Swindon Town or Brewitt. Um, I know others disagreed. I mean, I where I was at with Brewitt was actually, you know, if he's a Reserve defender for Swindon this year, then I can cope with that. Um, I think he's very committed, lacks a bit on the the football inside, but 
here we are in League Two. Yeah, the the thing I'd say about the the mix of defenders at the back, having seen um, more Taylor in the flesh, I would still want some physique in that back three. I know Blake Tracy is a physical player, very good in the air, but I I would still want that monster centre half. Um, much like I'd like monster physical centre forward to come in and uh, and do a lot of that donkey work for the season. So yeah, I think you know if your reserve defenders are Brewitt and Minton, um, that's okay. I think Minton, as we've seen, developing fairly well last season, but I still want that big defender who's going to go and head everything. Yeah. Kind of I think, like a, a J.K. Bryan, but we didn't appreciate him at the time. No, and I think those of a certain vintage are always soothed by the notion of a six-foot-five centre-back who, who sticks the boot in. Um, but, yeah, we, 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 have, we seem to lack that in recent times. Jake King got... I say another goal. He finished his uh, campaign <laughs> last season with a splendid effort and he started this season with another goal. So fair play to him. Yeah, Jake Kane, goal machine, two and two. Um, he only scores from outside the box, this lad. Um, yeah, it was actually a, a very nicely worked goal. Um, some good, quick football in the build-up, something which there wasn't loads of last night. The pitch... Looked fantastic, but you could see from the way the ball was running, it was quite lush. Uh, it did seem to hamper Swindon moving the ball around as quickly as they had liked. But on this occasion, some nice interplay uh, came to Kane on the edge of the box and uh, he killed home a, a lovely left foot shot past uh, the keeper who was Rich Evans' son. Mm, yeah, Louis. Yeah, yeah friend nice. of the pod. Uh, Louis Evans. Uh, there are a few links in there. The, the one that gave me nightmares in terms of the Supermarine lineup was uh, Jake Andrews, the former Bristol City and Torquay player who had a spell on loan at Cheltenham and scored a free kick at the county ground in the game that cost Matt Taylor the Swindon job on a permanent basis, I, I would imagine. Um, but he's had quite a decline in the last couple of years because he was comfortable National League uh, with Torquay. I don't know what happened there, but he, he got injured in that playoff final um, that Torquay played a couple of years ago um, and he refused to go off. He looked livid. Um, but yeah, there we go. In the second half, we saw Tom Clayton, Saidu Khan, Harvey Fox, Rashad Hepburn Murphy, Tom Brewer has discussed Sonny Hart, an unknown trialist, uh, Anton Dvorak, Ricky Aguilar, Charlie Austin. And... We also, for the first time, or you for the first time, Dan, saw Connor Brand. Before we get to the third goalkeeper, um, thoughts on him? Was he was he was he challenged at all? Um, well, unfortunately for Connor Brand, I think he came on must have been like thirty eighth minute. It seemed like quite odd timing. Um, and I'll just quickly comment on Murphy Mahoney because I forgot to earlier actually. Um, so initial impressions of um, our Irish pub, Murphy Mahoney's. Um, smaller than I expected. Uh, he's more Shea given than Petter Brezovan. Um, but yeah, he was very quick off his line on a couple of equations. Um, sweeper keeper kind of vibes, clearing the ball 
uh, in the touch. So seemed quite sharp off his line. One or two quite tame efforts straight at him. Connor Brand, I can't remember anything he had to do. Sorry, Connor, but um, yeah, right. like a. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, we got a god too. Um yeah, but yeah, he's like a cheese string. He's sort of long and thin. Um spills the goal up, I suppose. But yeah, I read a very good article in the summer about the rise of fake number two goalkeepers and I wonder if we might be talking about that a bit more through the season. So maybe uh save that one up. Yeah. But uh and, and... yeah, and of course of course, on came Lewis Ward. Um Yes. And I didn't actually see much of Lewis Ward because um, I had to get Littlin home for bed before his sports day today so um, yeah but it was yeah, it was quite nice to see Wardy you know Left taking the crosses from Steve half an hour Morgan to Hall. go half an hour to go Dan yeah, um, well, why is it a 7.45 kickoff in the summer come on make it 7 o'clock get the kids in that's the spirit uh, Connor <laughs> Lewis Ward I'm glad JR's not on the pod because he really does make it quite vocal off mic how this confuses the hell out of him. And this is the one time I'm going to sort of drift towards the post-match interview with Michael Flynn. Um, Lewis Ward is still in the building, but he is fighting to earn a contract. You know, he is working hard to earn a contract, I think was Flynn's phrasing. Now, surely with Steve Mildenhall you know, here and was there when Lewis Ward first rocked up in that in that scary summer of 2021. What's he got to do? You either rate him or you don't. I mean, Flynn obviously has the right to have a look, but it seems like a bizarre situation he's got himself into in the last year. I think it is a weird situation. I really want to know why Sutton have let him go and then not let him go to another club and then... Yeah, why, I guess quite why Lewis Ward just wants to hang around Swindon quite so much. I think is, that's definitely a good thing. If he does want to be here, then that's half the battle, right? We, like, we want players that want to play for the club, so that's that's a good thing. Um, yeah, quite why he would need to earn a contract, I don't really understand. Like He's fairly experienced at League 2 level by now. Um, he's played for us before, so like under the current regime so that everyone in the building should know exactly what he's like what, what he's like as a player um Flynn has managed against him in previous seasons as well so I mean in in my eyes it's fairly obvious whether like it, it should be fairly obvious to those in the buildings whether they want him or not I guess the uh other thing is though that what Michael Flynn says in the interview doesn't necessarily have to reflect reality in terms of it might be that he is currently a trialist and hasn't got a contract in there. Um, uh, so we can say that he's uh, trying to earn a contract, but the, the reality is maybe different, that we're in talks and they're just trying to come to an agreement about what is going to happen. Or maybe it's a case that he's, they are interested in signing him, but kind of only if other options don't happen or um, only if he can't find himself another club or something like that. So... I guess there's there's loads of different things, and I I don't necessarily know if the the I I don't I hope for Lewis Ward's sake that the idea of him trying to earn a contract at a club he's basically been on trial for five months at <laughs> isn't true because uh, yeah that that doesn't seem very nice for him but yeah who knows yeah he seems to have spent most of his Swindon Town career promoting 
Wiltshire Air Ambulance at the county ground, isn't he? But Dan, what's your thoughts on this? This isn't about Lewis Ward's ability. You know, we know what he's all about. Great shot stopper, brilliant at anticipating penalties, not without flaw, was brilliant in the tail end of that wonderful season. But it, it just seems so odd. I maybe lean towards the Sutton stuff hasn't been for finalized, so he can't leave fully. They might still be retaining his his well, what's the phrase I'm looking for? Registration. Registration, exactly right. <laughs> Kudos to him if he can afford because he's been he's been out of work now since January and he's still willing to rock up and uh, and train and hope to earn that contract. Yeah, I can only think the money's due to him from his Sutton contract are, are still being paid for him to be able to effectively train with Swindon for a period of five or six months and now be on on trial again. It's um like I say, it's a it's an odd long running saga because it, it's not a kind of you know, marquee player. It's not someone who you would court and be desperate to join, but what he is is a solid, solid number two keeper who can compete with a a number one for the season, much like he did with um, Jojo Wallacott. So, I th- I think I would have more comfort if our loan signing from QPR had a bit more pedigree. Uh, I think his background in Men's football, anyway, a couple of loan spells in the Conference South and most recently uh, a loan spell at Stratford Town, which is where I believe Jed McCrory's ended up. Um, I might be wrong. Um, but yeah, that's sort of Supermarine level, uh, the Midlands version of that league. So yeah, it's not screaming first team quality. I'm happy to eat humble pie in a couple of months, but... Yeah, if it if it's Mahoney and Ward, okay, maybe it's two number twos and no number ones. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think to be honest, I, well, I mean, I guess like Mahoney has played in the championship like very briefly, so that maybe speaks to that he has a high enough ceiling that it's worth taking a punt on him, even though his like most of his experience is at a lower level. So. I guess that's the kind of way that I'm kind of seeing it in terms of that's also the way that the club are discussing it as well. So um, that uh, I hope that they're right. So I'm, I'm willing to go with them on that one. I think basically signing Lewis Ward, even though I think I think we all agree that, yeah, he probably is better as a number two than like an outright number one if you want to sort of be at the top, top part of the league. Um, I think it's definitely a bit of a comfort factor for us as fans in terms of we know that if we're going to have to rely on Lewis Ward and Lewis Ward alone for most of the season, if Mahoney doesn't work, if he gets injured, uh, then that's more than adequate to sort of see us right throughout the season. So um, if it is the case that one or the other has to play most of the season as number one in goal, I think like we know what we'd be getting with Lewis Ward and it's a very solid keeper for the level with Mahoney. We don't quite know quite as much as fans because none of us have seen him play a serious opponent um, for like a long period of time. Like people will have now seen him play half an hour or, or whatever against Supermarine. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think it's, uh, yeah, pr- probably just one of those where th- there is the opportunity that that could be a really good signing. And then if it's not, then, then if we can get someone like Lewis Ward in, then, 
you're not going to sink too far down um, to yeah to to a bad level. You're going to have a good goalkeeper there. So I really yeah. hope it happens, basically. But uh, I mean, if not, then hopefully they've got they they can then go and find someone in that mold. But then yeah, I, I guess because we know how good how exactly how good Lewis Ward is as a goalkeeper, then still be more comfortable with him than just sort of a random Lewis Ward-esque signing from another League Two club, yeah. basically. What I would add on Ward, I mean, you guys know this, I like Lewis Ward. I think he's a good goalkeeper. I think you've just got to ask him to do the bits that he's good at, which, like I say, aerially, he's good. Certainly better than Solbrin was last year. Um, I think great shot stopper, great on the penalties, good long kicker, but I think if you're asking Ward to play on the floor, which early part of last season, there was a couple of cup games where Ward got found out with the ball at his feet, Warsaw away, where a really poor kick out ended up with Minton having to bring someone down and getting a straight red card. And then one of the Papa John's games, I forget which one, um, a Ward cock up led to a guy. It might have been the Plymouth 3-1 defeat. So yeah, I think if you are a pragmatist and ask him to play to his strengths, then um, yeah, you've got a solid League Two goalie. And I always sympathise with Ward because not many goalkeepers save two penalties in a shootout and end up on the losing side. So, you know, the discourse possibly should be Lewis Ward, hero of Vale Park, but he was robbed yeah. of that by our profligate strikers, McCurdy and Davison. Yeah, it was a case of Ward denied, but we, we've we mentioned McCurdy. We have to wish him all the best. Oh, yeah. The news this week that he is out until at least Christmas. Not much has been disclosed, but his Instagram account is stating a heart issue, which they've caught in time. So, um, yeah, best of luck to him. Well, absolutely. Get well soon, Harry. Um, thank God. You know, pre-season health screening is ad- is ad- as advanced as it is that they've been able to pick something up like this and treat it before it becomes a you know a life ender or a, a life changer. So, well done to Hibbs. Yeah, Dan. Anything else from the game worth noting before we go into the post-match? Well, no sign of Gav Gunn in that I saw. Nah. I think that's possibly worthy of comment. Um, I've, I've seen others online suggesting Gav Cunning is taking the under-18s. Is that something you've heard, Rich? Or no, I've, I've not heard anything time? either way in relation to it. You know, I heard a few rumours that he, he wasn't the happiest chappy nearer to the end of the season and he didn't take the, the Swindon side that was put out for the Westbury game. And he seemed a bit mopey on the final day of the season in the post-match too. So I don't know if he's still in the building or if he's, uh, you know, for want of a better phrase, being demoted to the under-18s. But you know, that's that's life when it comes to new management. If they don't want, if they don't want you, he might just have reasons not to not be there. Um, that happened last season with Gunning assisting, didn't it? So I've not heard yeah. either way. Yeah. Well. Um... Yeah, either way, he says funny quotes. So that's something. And he was our manager of the season last year. So you have to respect (laughs) that. With Steve Mildenhall, absolutely he was. Absolutely he was. Okay, let's let's move on to Michael Flynn's 
post-match interview and something that the guys at Exiles, the Newport podcast, cousin Jack, cousin of of JR, is, is has always said to us, Michael Finn will shoot from the hip in his interviews. He will tell it how it is. And I suppose, Connor, in, in this very small interview with Sean Hodgetts for BBC Radio Wiltshire, is there were genuine attempts to bat bits and pieces away, mostly style of play, positional. But when it came to the transfer side of thing, which is what, what a lot of fans are talking about it, I think I'm on the same wavelength as you when it comes to the fact that I can't stress too much at the moment because our squad isn't like it has been in the last couple of seasons where at this stage of the summer it's it's depleted. Melkshire away last year, we had a huge dose of trialists, quite useful ones in fairness, um, but they were there were quite a lot of them. We haven't needed those at this stage yet, but he, he did seem to, I guess Sean Hodgetts was, was planting the seeds and pitching him up in, in, in some areas to give excuses of what's happening. But give me a rundown of, of what Michael Flynn was saying in terms of the lack of transfer activity thus far. Yeah. So, I mean, basically he was saying that they're taking their Taiwan signings. So they're basically trying to make sure that the deals that they make are completely right. So They've got a core of players and they don't want to rush and transfers should be happening soon. But the, basically they have to then also consider the interests of the club. So they won't pay stupid money. And then they also have to take into account fees for agents and wages and stuff, which um, supposedly uh, have gone up compared to previous years, um, I guess, as, as a market as a whole. Um, and then going on from that as well, um, he... I guess it was kind of suggested to him whether maybe geography might be a factor. He kind of went along with that as well, um, that that could be um, an issue of players not wanting to relocate from the north or different other parts of the south. Um, and then the the probably the more interesting part was I thought he was quite coy then um, regarding being asked the, about the players that could leave and then progress uh, about potential deals that they would have uh, with other clubs in terms of the players that have been told that that they can very happily go and find somewhere else to play. Um, but he basically then pointed out that the the market at this point is quite slow and pointed to a few of the big spenders in the league, so Wrexham and Stockport were the, the examples he gave. I'm sure there are a few others that haven't made any or many signings so far. Um, and I think, I, I think it's one of those things where definitely the like once the big spenders get going and then that does sort of make the market a little bit more fluid and it is still early. So he's probably right on that point to a certain extent. Um, but yeah, it, it seems to be one of those things where probably these are, these things are being discussed quite a lot. And I think you could, you kind of sense the frustration in terms of probably there's a lot of work going in at the moment. And then as fans, we're not seeing the uh, fruits of that work at the moment. Um, and yeah, I guess, they probably want a few people in the door so that they can kind of yeah receive less questions about it and just carry on quietly chipping away at building that squad. But yeah, I, obviously it's still early, but um, I I don't really know what to make about the the stuff about the money and all that kind of things because I mean other clubs are making signings and stuff. So is, is it that it's not a problem for them or is it just that other clubs are sort of swallowing that sort of bitter pill a little bit earlier in preseason than we are? I don't know. 
Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Dan, lots to unpick here. What have you got for me? Well, I studied geography at university. Um, I would point to Swindon's uh, excellent transport links, uh, the M4 main line, train line, uh, regional airports, uh, aplenty at Bristol, Southampton, um, Birmingham, London. So um, I'd like to discount the geography point, maybe. Um, we're not an outpost like a Plymouth or an Exeter. Um, or dare say Newport. Um, but yeah, generally, I think maybe we're a little bit hamstrung by the size of squad we've already got. Um, as you'll have seen offline, gents, I've sent you a bit of an image before this podcast and we've currently got 20 professionals on the books of which, you know, Adeloy, uh, Agia, uh, Divine, possibly Shade, you know, there's, there's players here. There's, there is a bit of fat to be trimmed perhaps and maybe moving some of those first team wages on may unlock the uh, the incoming door. Um, good. For my money, I, I would like six more. I think we need a goalie, and that might be Ward. I think we want a centre-half, and that might be more Taylor. I think left-wing back, centre-mid, centre-forward. And then if I was being greedy, you know, a monster centre-half as well. Yeah, I, I completely agree that we're not a prisoner to geography at all. Frankly, yeah. if, you, if you pay the money, they join. You know, I even remember on more than one occasion, Plymouth have had like a, a, have signed a bunch of players based in Scotland, you know, and last time I checked, Plymouth to Scotland was a fair old trek. And we've had players over the years that have said they, they want to move north and have gone down to Portsmouth. Michael Smith did that, <laughs> didn't he? And I think even maybe Simon Ferry was rumoured to want to move closer to home and they both went further away. Um, neither of those or both of those might not be true, but in my, in my memory, it seems to be the case. So I think, it, I think that's just very convenient to say. And there are, there are players that don't want to move from their London base and join Mansfield, you know, so it, it all comes down to money. And if we have to move some people on and we all expected Romeo Hutton to be gone by now, I would, strongly suggest that Romeo Hutton probably would have expected to have gone by now and that might have halted um, a few leads elsewhere but I do think generally the League 2 market of who's come in so far has been generally quite underwhelming in terms of who are opposing uh, fans have been uh, celebrating the signatures of there's not been many that that I'm I've gone oh he would have been great um, and you know that's going to change the closer we get to to deadline day, but it, I, I I I would be inclined to think that things like agent fees have gone up, um, but he just sound quite annoyed by it. And this was something that Richie Wellens I can't remember if he said it on the pod, but he definitely told me on one more than one occasion how this was his least favourite part of the job. And as fans, we're all really happy because it's clear Michael Flynn's being given the responsibility, old school style, signing these players, Connor. But when you're when you're a football guy and now you're going into the business, it must be really frustrating. 
Yeah, I mean, what you were just saying there just made me wonder, do football agents have cost of living crisis as well? It seems like a completely different world to, uh, you know, t- supermarket shelves and all that kind of stuff. But I guess, Those I hot guess tubs that, don't it, pay every... themselves. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly, and they're more expensive, plus, you know, the heating, the, that that kind of oh, stuff entails. And mm. Water businesses, go, yeah, water's going out of business as well. You can't get water these days. So, yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think... I mean, yeah, I'm sure it'd be really frustrating in terms of it's ultimately what you're in when you're doing a transfer, you're basically trying to find people that I mean, okay, maybe not from a geography perspective, but you are then asking someone to commit a year or maybe more of their career to a certain project in like at your club. Um so and there's a lot of moving parts in people's life, like people aren't necessarily just gonna up sticks and uh yeah, come down to Swindon like without a good reason or like like you mentioned not for for good money so it's one of those things where I guess you quite often might have to have like longer conversations and sort of keep coals in the fire and and keep coming back to them um when bringing up the sort of Wellens summer um a lot of the value in that sort of league winning uh season sort of was later on in the window where we brought um, Owen Doyle in a couple of games in and obviously Anthony Grant in but those two were obviously absolute stalwarts in that team and uh, we didn't start the season with them but obviously they, they did come in and become an uh, important part so I think the crucial thing at the moment is to make sure that when we go to Colchester on the opening day so roughly in a month from now uh, that we're able to sort of put out a good team I think if you look at the squad from last night we're most of the way to being able to put out a decent first 11 um, if we can get the right plan and they're drilled in the correct way and uh, we play fatigued and all the kind of stuff you're supposed to do during pre-season <laughs> uh, then uh, I think like, we are probably like 80% of the way there what you want to do is make sure that the players that we bring in are players of real quality that sort of in- increase the standard of the squad massively um, so hopefully there'll be a couple before then that can then slot straight into the first team you look at in that well in summer, I think someone like Jordan Lydon coming in, for example, I think he came in in the week before the season. Um, so, they, yeah, again, they don't necessarily have to be there. They could be a trialist that sort of goes all the way through preseason with us. Um, it, it doesn't have to happen now. And then, yeah, maybe two or three more once the season begins. And then you've, you've got something um, sort of good on paper that hopefully then becomes good on the pitch as well. It's really hard to tell, I think, because the, the the season ended so kind of drably and not so interestingly. I kind of feel a little bit down on a lot of the players that we have, but you know, a lot of them, I think, in moments have shown what they're about and in a good way. Uh, so I'm hoping that Michael Flynn's then the sort of manager that once he is able to focus on the training pitch, he'll be able to get the best out of them. Um, and then maybe we don't need to worry as much about... Um, transfers in certain areas but yeah what Dan said as well as uh, about it's actually quite a big squad and we might need to move people on before uh, we can find other people that could also be something that frustrates Flynn in terms of he doesn't have much control over that situation but that situation does have a lot of control over what he can do and you know quite rightly so I'm sure that the club wouldn't want to be paying like an absolutely massive squad of individuals but guess the the problem is when you get players to sign a contract and you have to continue (laughs) agreeing by the terms of it so yeah yeah Dan I I think Connor sort of encapsulates 
the feelings of a lot of fans at the moment in terms of, I think he's absolutely spot on that we are probably about 80% complete in terms of a squad because of what we've been left from last season. But on the flip side, we're asking the question, is that 80% good enough? And is that 20, how important will that 20% be that Michael Flynn has to nail it? Because if he doesn't improve on what we've got, then we could be in in store for another drab season. So, you know, it, it's really interesting to see how it's going to play out. I'm not going to commit that, you know, it's doom, doom, doom now, but I'm not going to sit here and go, everything's going to be fine. But it does feel like, although we don't need as many players, pretty much all of those signings have to work. Yeah, I think one of the things Connor said really resonated with me, and that was the word quality. So I think, you know, at the minute, we might be 70, 80% there in terms of bodies, but we need quality um, to turn this from a margarita into, you know, a pizza that people want to eat. Um, Secondly... I want to eat a margarita. Well, but, I have a margarita right now. Absolutely rattled me, Dan. <laughs> but no, come on. This 70% of a squad finished 13th last year. We all acknowledge League Two looks stronger this year. So five or six quality signings might be what's required to give this squad a tilt at getting in the playoffs. Um, maybe that is our upper ambition this year, is to even be sort of on the fringes with some of the money sloshing about. But I think as well as quality, which we definitely require, I still look down that squad and think we're missing size and we're missing experience. That that potential start in midfield three or four, Kane... Khan, McEachern, Darcy, small, small, small. At the back, it's only really Blake Tracy with any height and aerial ability. So I think the ones we bring in, if they're League Two physically ready, that's also going to be a massive help. I, I, I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken drum here. But I, I still think the key sign-in is a striker for all of our second strikers to play off. I still look at Austin, Hepburn Murphy, Wakelin and think they are all screaming out for someone to play off, someone to do the donkey work. So I think quality, definitely. Size and physique is also a very important uh, thing that we need to bring in. No pressure. Michael Flynn. Anything else <laughs> that we need to cover before we go? Other than, you know, what's your problem with margarita pizza? Come off it. No one... Right, unless there are people in this world that go into pizza houses and order a margarita, in which case I don't want to be your friend. Oh. 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 Dan, this is oh. a horrible way to... <laughs> Why oh. would you order a margarita? Because cheese is nice, mate. I don't know what's I don't know your beef with margaritas, but I okay, prefer. I, 
cheesy, whatever <laughs> it is. Quattro Formaggi. Quattro cheesy. Yeah, that that is. Uh, I like that a lot. I might I might use that, but um, I prefer as a food metaphor. I prefer um, Dave's um, ragu bolognese feet, yeah. uh, theory from last yeah. summer. Um, that's. Definitely how I now think about squad building. So Dan is so definitely... Town yeah. fans are being asked to pay £27 <laughs> to watch this margarita pizza. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, quattro cheesy, if you don't mind. Dan is pure Brits abroad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a way to end it. Dan, it's been a pleasure knowing you, but it sounds like I'm being written out of your... Uh, yeah, thank you very much, chaps. <laughs> Thanks, Rich. Cheers, boys. The Lone Strangers is an independent supporters podcast. Views given do not reflect those of Swindon Town Football Club or their official partners. The music is provided by the great Matthew Kilford and the podcast artwork was designed by Matt in Singapore. What a guy. Thanks for listening. Come on, Swindon. Has a bubble. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. We understand that the journey as a supporter isn't always smooth sailing, but rest assured you're not alone. There's a vast network of fellow fans who share your passion and may be experiencing similar challenges. Honesty is key in any relationship. If your friend asks you how you are feeling, tell them honestly. If you're going through a difficult time, let them know. Opening up about how you are feeling can really make a difference. After all, they are your mates for a reason. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hi, Alice Pod fans, it's JR here. If Swindon players were McDonald's items, who would they be? We've had lots of Big Macs, like the legendary Alan McLaughlin, Harry McCurdy, or even Steve McMahon. Perhaps you'd prefer to channel the power of McPlant, like Darren Ward. Or maybe five chicken selects, one to enjoy for each time Ben Gladwin joined. Yep, there's one spare, but there's still time. And you don't need super scouts or data solutions to get your hands on any of these. McDelivery through the McDonald's app brings them all to you. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.